Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, I sit down with Suns star Devin Booker, and he tells us how this Suns team is poised to win it all this season. Plus, what is going on in New Orleans? CJ McCollum on the Zion Williamson situation that everyone is talking about. Also, half man, half amazing himself, Vince Carter, on another edition of The Upper Room. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, and the NBA is back tonight. But before we look forward to the second half of the season, we have to follow up on one of the biggest storylines through the All-Star break, the future of Zion Williamson in New Orleans. So CJ McCollum said that he didn't immediately hear from the young superstar after he was traded from the Blazers, although he did tell me that eventually he did hear from Zion. But Coach Willie Green, he just spoke on the situation at Pelicans practice. Take a listen. You know, I want some some things need to stay private, um, but I will say this: what Z is going through is extremely difficult. As a player, as a person, I've went through injuries. Um, no excuses made on my part, but it's difficult. And you win a lot at those moments. You win. Are you going to continue to play? You win. Like a lot goes through your head. And so, for us here, we you know, for me, is having compassion and having an understanding of what he has to go through to, to get healthy. All right, so that was today at practice. Mm. We welcome in Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Agumake, and Brian Winhorse. So, Shanae, I want to start with you here. What do you make of the situation out in New Orleans right now? I agree. I think it starts with compassion, understanding that Zion Williamson came into the league at the age of 17, 18, 19, where we all sort of fell in love with his game and what his potential could be. And it takes a while for you to find yourself, and it's even harder when you have injuries at an early stage of your career and have to figure out what to do to maintain yourself. So when Zion exited or removed himself from the situation, I was like, this is probably necessary. Ever since he was 14, 15, he's had cameras all up on him. And now he needs to be able to take some time for himself. And when I heard the conversation with CJ, McCollum, I didn't get like red flags or alarms. I just know Zion is trying to do what is best for him in this situation. And CJ obviously is going to do what's best for him too. Meaning, all right, I want to have communication with the star player of the franchise. I didn't think that this was, you know, something outlandish. Right. I'm just glad that Zion has reached out at this point, that they understand that compassion is going to take some time to get back to Zion, you know, in New Orleans, and that CJ has touched base. So to me, all of this, I can understand the challenges that Zion has had, but I'm glad that communication has been met at this point. Yeah, checking in with CJ McCollum earlier this week, it certainly was clear to me that he didn't see any ill intent on the side of Zion Williamson in not reaching out. It's just something that maybe he didn't think of or have to quite, it just didn't come to front of mind, Perk. Yeah, but here's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Why is Zion disconnected from the team anyway? Like, you're hurt 
why you're not in New Orleans where you have the professional staff for us, the medical staff, the training staff, all the above to get everything you need right there in the organization. And here's the problem that I have is that nothing that Willie Green said was wrong. He said everything was right. Like Zion had the most pressure on him since LeBron James for us coming out of high school, college, or whatever the case may be. But y'all want to know the real? The real is is that I think it's time for the Pelicans to relocate. I think a city like Seattle, a city like Las Vegas, is more deserving of a, of a, of a team, of mm. a basketball team, because I played in New Orleans, and they always are going to come second to the New Orleans Saints. I've been there. They always are going to be the little brother to the New Orleans Saints. Just think about it. Zion is a box office type guy. The Pelicans are still trying to give tickets away. Like, we watching, even when he's playing, we're watching the game, and it's empty seats. Like, it would never be a basketball city, and that's okay. But I think if the NBA want to move in the right direction, they really have to consider moving this team and this organization in order for them to even keep superstars and make this franchise relevant. I will say, Big Perk, from my understanding, it was partly the team as well as Zion Williamson that came together and decided, okay, this is where he should be. He should be in Oregon. Brian Windhorst, I know that you're all over the situation down in New Orleans. What are you hearing kind of coming out of the team? Yeah, just to speak to what Perk said real quick, Gail Benson, the owner of the Saints and Pelicans, announced uh, earlier uh, this season she was going to donate the teams to the city of New Orleans uh, for them to essentially sell right. uh, a five to six to seven billion dollar gift when she passes away. So I don't think they're going anywhere. I think it's more likely they're getting a new arena in the next five to ten years. But as far as Zion goes, his family is obviously he and his family are obviously grappling with a choice on how to deal with his foot injury. We don't know what that choice is because the team and Zion have kept the, the information very tight. They're certainly uh, entitled to doing that. But if listen to what CJ said, listen to what JJ Reddick said, uh, I think it's clear that there are connections that are frayed or broken here than what we normally see between star players and their team and star players and their training staff. And that's what I think is worrisome. But I also point out, you know, Joel Embiid played 31 games his first right. three years in the NBA because of a series of injuries. The, the 76ers stuck with him, signed him to a big contract that protected both sides, and I think it worked out great for him. And I still think Zion has great potential and can get back and, and make all of this right. And I agree. And Perk, you know when you mentioned, like, we got to keep it real, well, we all know, you know, when you enter the professional ranks, for me, the WNBA, for you, the NBA, it took us maybe five or so years to make those decisions. Mm. All right, I need a nutritionist. I need to have my own massage therapist. I might need my own osteopath or, you know, physical therapist. We made those decisions a couple years into our our careers. Zion was faced on the reality early on, and that's why this shift of him removing himself, I'm not surprised because it's probably the best thing for him. We, it's no knock on any team's training staff, but sometimes having your own team and also your own time to make these decisions to get you back on track right. is the best case scenario as yeah. a professional. Well, CJ McCollum is speaking to reporters in New Orleans as we speak, and he just told those reporters, leave the young fella alone. That echoes sort of what CJ McCollum had told me earlier this is the first time that we are hearing from cj mccollum and you can see there zion williamson on his instagram story he posted earlier this is him and his teammates saying my dogs for life 100 so take that for what you will but cj mccollum has said all right let's turn the page here he's not taking it as any ill will or ill intent i do want to turn the page here from new orleans where there are still 
Tons of questions being asked to Brooklyn where there's starting to be some answers maybe. So Goran Dragic, remember, he was signed to help bolster the Nets' uh, backcourt depth. So take a listen to what he had to say about picking his new team. I choose Brooklyn because I think that uh, they have a really good chance to win a championship, and especially to play alongside Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, Aldridge. You know, those are the guys who are the already playing big games and uh, and because of Steve of course Steve was my mentor um, it's only fitting that uh, when I came to the league I play with him and now you know you never know right. you know to finish my career with him would be awesome all right so now bringing in our Nets reporter Nick Friedel Nick there's lots of positivity there from Dragic on his new team but what is the mindset for the Nets as they prepare to play their first game in the second half of the season tonight against the Celtics Malika, they absolutely believe they can still win a title. Mm. And that's the difference. You look at a team usually with this kind of record, who's had this kind of injury problems, they just traded Harden. There are distractions all over the place. But I was in that practice facility the last couple of days, and the optimism is everywhere because they feel like KD's coming back in a couple of days. They know that Kyrie, the, the vaccination mandate, the hope is that it gets rolled back here in the next few weeks. And then Ben Simmons at some point in the next couple of weeks is going to come back, and they believe he's going to come back and play at a high level. I just talked to Seth Curry and Patty Mills, Malika, and they both told me the same thing. Simmons is in a much better place mentally than he's been in a long time, and the Nets are going out of their way, led by Mills, to make sure that he is in a good landing space inside that locker room. Seth Curry said, I don't care what happened in Philly. He doesn't owe anybody an apology. He's here to play, and even in the worst of times with Embiid last season, when he was on the floor, those two still had a solid chemistry. So all the stuff that's going on off the floor and behind the scenes, the Nets aren't worried about it. They believe that Simmons is going to come back very strong, and they know that when they're healthy, and then you add Dragic, this is a team that has a roster that looks like it can contend and get out of the East. Absolutely. Certainly, if and when they get healthy, this is a team that I don't know that I would want to see uh, when I was in the Eastern playoffs. Nick Fernell, <laughs> thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. All right, still ahead, I sit down with Devin Booker, and he tells us how the Suns' chemistry is why they should be the favorites in the Western Conference. Plus, Brian Windhorst, he has the details on Zach Levine's knee and whether the Bulls should be concerned. And Woj on how the Knicks and Kemba Walker came to an agreement that he would be sidelined for the remainder of the season. Keep it locked on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Coming out of the All-Star break, the Suns, they sit at the top of the Western Conference, and they've already racked up 48 wins, and that's thanks in part to their depth and dynamic backcourt of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And I sat down with Booker in Cleveland, and we talked about the scoring tear that he's been on and what it's going to take to be the last team standing come June. 
to Booker for the win. He got it. Booker reminds me a lot of a little Kobe. The superstar. Book, you're one of three players to average 25 points per game or more over the past four seasons, along with Giannis and LeBron. But unlike four seasons ago, now, over these last couple of years, it's translated to winning. So what's different about that? That we're winning? <laughs> um, that, that changes a lot. It's fun. You know, it's the, it's the style that we're doing. I don't feel like it has to be forced, I think. And earlier in my career, it was a toll on my body. Now we're just having fun with it. You know, the, the roster's so deep. It's a good time, and, yeah. and we're having fun. You see the smiles, and once the ball's up, we're locked in. So, you know, it's a good balance that we have with the, the laughter and the fun, and then when it's time for business, it's time for business. Speaking of it being time for business, you all were 18-1 and one in the month of February, mm -hmm. heading into the All-Star break, but you take a picture of that the one loss against Atlanta, you yeah. put an angry face over. Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, they beat us. They beat us good. Um, and it didn't look right. You know, I had seen a screenshot, somebody had posted it, and all that green W's and then that, that one red L, you know, didn't, didn't feel good. When I think back to the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of years ago, 2018, mm -hmm. they won 60 games. They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. Famously, the Warriors, they win 73 games. They lose in the finals. Mm -hmm. So how do you strike that balance? I think you get better in your wins and your losses. We're not the type of team that, you know, we win and, oh, everything's fine. We move on to the next game. Like, we still learn in our losses and our wins. Coach is still going to have film the next day after our wins what we need to work on. He has a saying, can't get happy on the farm. We're not really worried about wins and losses and what our record is. We know what our main mission is. We know what our main goal is. And that is? A championship. You've played without Chris Paul before in the playoffs. What did you learn from that stretch? I like playing with him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I learned in that time. Not one person or two people can make up what, what he does on the court. So everybody just has to give in a little bit more. I got to be a louder leader, so you have to pick up everything. You know, I can't pass the ball as well as him. None of us can. There's a lot. I like him when he's out there. The Bucks have done it. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Monty Williams said that he was able to watch all the finals except for going back to that game six against Milwaukee. How about you? I've watched it. And? It doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. That's the part of defeat. You know, I think we've all accepted it as a team. And, you know, I, you guys can see our performance this year, like, we're using it as motivation. So what makes this year's team better than the team that went to the finals last year? Some more experience going to the finals with each other and, and having that experience together. All of us want it, and we all want it for each other. And I think that's the, the beautiful thing about it. Devin Booker is always so insightful. Well, we know the Suns are the most clutch team in the NBA this season, winning 24 of their 27 clutch games. And that's in large part thanks to Devin Booker, who's been almost automatic, shooting 75% from mid-range in the clutch. And Booker's mark is the best in the NBA, but second on that list? Yeah, you guessed it. That would be his teammate, Chris Paul. And speaking of, Booker's going to have to carry a lot of the ball handling duties with CP out for the foreseeable future. And this season, Booker averages one and a half more assists per 36 minutes when Chris Paul is not on the court. But 
Book has done this before in seasons prior to Paul's arrival in Phoenix. Remember, he averaged nearly seven assists per game in 2019 and 2020, and those numbers, yeah, they've gone down to four and a half since he got the point god on his team. But the toughest part will be getting his shot off with defenses being able to lock in on Booker. In fact, 97% of his shots with Chris Paul not on the court this season, they've been contested, which would be the highest mark in the league among players with 100 attempts. So my question for you, Chene, is are the Suns still the favorites in your mind to win the West if Chris Paul is less than 100%? Girl, you just did your thing. I love numbers, and there's <laughs> a lot of great numbers. And yes, to answer your question, the Suns are my favorites still without Chris Paul, hmm. largely because this is a team that knows how to play on both ends of the floor. They're top three in offensive and defensive rating. And if we're talking about Devin Booker, he's averaging 25.5 points per game this season. You can imagine that he's going to shoot the ball more with Chris Paul out just because he knows he's the one that they're going to have to look to. Listen to this. You gave us a lot of good numbers. Only LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Devin Booker have averaged 25 points per game over the last four seasons. Yes, ma'am. That's impressive. A lot of people have slept on this team. They've slept on his play. Well, that's not the case anymore. I think, honestly, Devin Booker has an opportunity to really insert himself into the MVV conversation because if he's able to help keep them afloat, they have the league's best record. And then on top of that, he's playing great basketball, hopefully first team all NBA. You can see a scenario where he's in the I'm still with Embiid, but he can get himself just like DeMar DeRozan got himself into the conversation. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan absolutely in that conversation. And Devin Booker, I asked him. That was the first thing I said is 25 points per game or more over the last four seasons. But the difference now is that you're winning. And that really is where he's seeing his game go to the next level. What do you think about where the Suns are going to shake out Big Perk as we also welcome in Vince Carter without Chris Paul, even for some period of time? You know what? I think they're going to be okay. I think they're still going to have that number one seed. The great thing about the Phoenix Suns is that they they put themselves so they gave themselves so much of a gap Six for games. us, you know, being ahead of Six Golden and State mm-hmm. and Memphis that that at the end of the day they they got room for error. But I don't think this team is going to let up. I, I'm ready to see Devin Booker take his next his uh take a level up for us making others around him better and Mm. still getting his 25 a night. But when you talk about missing Chris Paul, yes, you can't replace his leadership, but they still have some veteran leaders over there. Jay Crowder, JaVale McGee, like those guys could keep the locker room in check and keep everybody in order and make sure everybody be stars in their role. So I still see them being the the number one seed in the West, and I still give them a slight edge of being the favorite of winning it all, not just winning the Western Conference, but winning it all. What do you think, VC? Uh, well, I, I, right now, currently, I think that they're, they're, they're the best in the West, and they're still the favorite until we see what the Golden State Warriors are going to do and once they mm. get themselves back in gear. But to me, my question is the others. Campaign, um, Peyton, point guards like that, Are they gonna, can they just be solid? Be solid because right now, Yo, Devin Booker, you're asking a lot for him to score. Yes, Perk, I agree with you. Uh, the next step for for uh, for Booker now is can he be the facilitator and get guys going as well as still get his scoring? Can he you know, defensively take the load, be the leader, be the vocal leader? There's a lot that comes into being that leader and stepping in for someone like Chris Paul. So I say look out for them, but you still got to look out for those Golden State Warriors, you, you know, who are six and a half games back and also 
the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm surprised, Perk, you haven't mentioned your Grizzlies. Oh, don't worry. We're going to give Perk you know plenty what? of time. I, I, I wanted to go a whole <laughs> month. I wanted to go a whole month without saying something about the dark side, okay? A whole month. I'm not saying that's, nothing that's not, about the dark side. I'm telling you right yeah, now, that's not going to happen. I do mm, have to say not it's not. As an aside, our, our friend J.J. Redick, he had Chris Paul on his podcast recently, and one of my favorite and most interesting anecdotes from that podcast is when Chris Paul hurt himself in the playoffs last year, he needed to get an MRI. And Chris Paul is so claustrophobic, he said he needed to get put under anesthesia to take the MRI. So if you all haven't listened to that podcast yeah. I highly suggest it Suns fans but but Perk if the Suns are able to secure the league's best record is Monty William your coach of the year favorite we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Whew. It's hard, but I, gotta, I still got to roll with I, – I, I got I to roll with, with, with J.B. Bickerstaff. You know oh. why? And, and it's, it's no knock on Money Williams, but – no one in the world thought that Cleveland would be where they at right now, including myself. Preach. And when I look at their identity and I look at their what they do on the defensive side of things, their commitment of playing agenda-free basketball, that's a reflection of the coach. And here it is. He yes. got Kevin Love, a veteran, to buy into his role, come in off the bench, don't complain, backing up Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And now you have Darius Garland doing his thing. I got to roll with J.B. Bickerstaff. Nobody – Listen, nobody on this panel thought that Cleveland would be at no, the top of preach. the East. Nobody thought that Janae preseason. Janae is champing at the bit over here. But, but Perk, I feel <laughs> like too. this is very similar where you have LeBron James not winning MVP for five or six or seven years, and it's going to other qualified guys where you can have the guy that's literally been the most dominant the last two years as a coach with putting his team in a great position to succeed and Monty Williams getting snubbed. I am here for the Thibodeau and New York Knicks type of, you know, unexpected to expected, which we're, what we're seeing, you know, with Cleveland. I, it just hurts me because it's like, he deserves it, though. Their team is number one overall in the league. He Like, to me, they, they're playing a great brand of basketball. There have been periods, I mean, Chris Paul has been, you know, there. Devin Booker has been there. But like you said, you know, Vince, the others have stepped up and not only committed themselves offensively to getting better, but defensively to holding it down. So it was, as much as I'm happy for Coach JB, this also hurts me because I feel the same way that I felt when LeBron James sometimes gets snubbed from MVP. We're like, uh, like, can we do two awards? Like, can, no, can it be Kane, that's not, no. This I know it's not, not right, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I got J I have JB Bickerstaff as well. Oh, okay. uh, you know, because uh, because I mm. said like like Perk said, there's no. I, I mean, you used to look at Cleveland like, all right, young talent has potential. I know JB. JB was assistant coach with me in Memphis. I know how he is and how he thinks. They were 22 and 50 last year. 22 and 50. Now what? they're 35 and 23. <laughs> 35 and 23. Two and a half games out of first place. That's incredible. So what he's they, doing, they, they lost Sexton. They lost Ricky Rubio. So now you thought, oh, they're dead in the water. Well, guess what? Guess what comes out of that? Two All-Stars. Two All-Stars and Evan Mobley balling. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do not disagree with that. JB certainly has a case. Monty, I kind of am on the side of Tanae uh. here. You could look at Billy Donovan in Chicago. There, there's some interesting cases yep. to be made. I do want to say, though, gentlemen, and Tanae Agumake, tomorrow, my All-Star Weekend one-on-ones continue with reigning champion Giannis Atentacumpo. His thoughts on the Bucks repeating this season. I need that hoodie, Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we still have so much more to come here, though, on NBA Today. Can the Bulls make a run? I can't promise you the hoodie today. We dive into why there might be some concern heading into the second half of the season. And speaking of the second half, what we're looking forward to and the state of the Knicks and Kemba Walker. Plus, hey, Vince Carter, you ready to take What's us up? to the upper room? Some of the best dunks he's seen from the past month. And sorry, spoiler alert, the dunk contest ones, they ain't going to be in there. Oh, no spoiler there, sis. <laughs> You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. When you get traded from a team, is it harder to leave? I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me in the game. She's ready. Put her in the game and put her on NBA Today because now joining us on NBA Today is four-time WNBA All-Star and the newest member of the Los Angeles Sparks, Liz Cambage. Thank you so much. For, oh, I love it. See, you already, you already got your intros I'm ready. Repping. You're I'm, ready. You zoom in, I'm repping a bit harder on my tooth today as well. Hey. Oh, see, yeah, you got a little L.A. Got bling got a little going LA on. L.A. bling on the tooth, but thank you for having me. Yes, ladies. Los Angeles is already rubbing off on you. Since Ramona knows you so well, I'm going to let her kick this off. If you don't know, it's Liz Angeles now. It's Liz Angeles. Did you now, make that hashtag up? Or did that I just... didn't, but it's uh, wherever I go, people just seem to turn the city name into my name. And <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. How there long have you wanted to be in LA? Honey, I remember <laughs> I remember before I got drafted, and don't do the maths. I'm what, 30 now? I got drafted when I was 19. I had no media training. Mm. I still don't have any media training if you haven't figured that out. Um, but I, I did it. Right. I did an interview. I think, I think yeah. it was pre-draft or maybe after the draft. It was pre-draft, and I literally said that I didn't want the team that wanted to draft me. I didn't want them to draft me. And I said <laughs> I think I looked better in purple and gold, like <laughs> in the media before the draft. But hey, and you went to Tulsa. I went to Tulsa. <laughs> I still look good in yellow. Yeah. But now I got the purple. Finally. Now you have the purple, and it all later. finally is working yeah. out. So on the court, how are you expecting to mesh with the Sparks, including with Neka Agumake? Mm -hmm. I think the girls had a bit of a tough season last year. It was hard to watch. I'm, I'm very close with Shanae, close with Amanda. Um, so I'm very excited to be here playing with some sisters. And Neka, she's a goat. Um, but I feel like, you know, they were missing a true, like, dominant five. Mm. You know, Amanda be holding it down in the post. Shanae was uh, injured all season. I know she's been working back to it this year. Um, but I feel like there's a perfect space for me in there, and I'm, I'm so excited to bring my talents here to L.A. And, and just get on court with those girls. Absolutely. There aren't many four-time All-Stars who have to take less than the max, but you did that yeah. with the Sparks. Yes. Why? Because I want a team. I want to be on a team. You know, I, I, I could take the Supermax. I could come here and be like, I want the Supermax. But if I do that, there's only so much salary cap space. Right. Um, and I want players around me. I want killers around me. And, and Coach Fisher has done such a great job this, this offseason to, to put really key pieces around me. Uh, 
Jonah Canada, you know, old Hollywood there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, you know, it's going to be interesting getting to it, but I feel like it's a group of girls that are so talented and and when you put talent like that together, it's going to be something special. Absolutely. And we've seen the WNBA here make so many strides over the last several weeks, several months even, as we've seen this new money being poured into it, investments being made. But I want to ask you about something that you tweeted earlier this month in reaction to Vegas head coach Becky Hammond being hired. You tweeted, quote, ah, yes, the WNBA where a head coach can get paid four times the highest paid player's Supermax contract. Y'all think I'm going to spend another season upgrading my seat on a flight to get to game out of my own pocket. So you've been so vocal about pushing for the support of WNBA players. What do you think the league needs to continue to do to invest in the WNBA and its players? At the end of the day, my main issue is with the CBA. Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know, NECA and the Players Association, they did such a, a great job of, of, of getting us a new collective bargaining agreement. But we have owners at the moment that want to do more for us and give more for us. Yeah i.e. this Becky Hammond situation, which I think is amazing that there's owners in the WNBA that want to pay us, which is close to, you know, the whole salary cap in the WNBA. Becky Hammond yeah. is getting, what, a million dollars a year. The salary cap is 1.4, I think. So it's tough to, to know that few of us are already taking a salary cut to play here in the WNBA. You know, I've been vocal since day one. I sat out five seasons because I get paid five to eight times more overseas than I do here in the WNBA. Wow. And it's hard when you want to be at home. You know, America is home for me now, and I want to spend as much time as I can here. But a lot of women go overseas and spend eight months in China or, or Europe to make their main money. So it's hard when you have the best league in the world, but we're not treated like the best athletes in the world. Um, you know, I, I pay to upgrade myself. That's one mm -hmm. part of the CBA that I can't stand is that I... My team, my club can't look after me and put me in first. I personally don't even fly myself economy. I haven't seen the back of a plane since the WNBA <laughs> season was over. I don't fit back there. So the, so the fact that I have to pay yeah. to upgrade mm -hmm. my flight to get to work and perform, it, it's crazy to me. But, you know, we got owners in the league that want to do so much more for us, but they can't. They're very restricted by the CBA. So I'd like to see that loosened up a bit. Um, right. and, the, and the Supermax to go up. Well, and we're seeing the women's game. We're seeing more investments in it. Mm -hmm. And so I can only hope that those investments that you're talking about mm -hmm. to allow yourself that peak performance, that they're going to follow. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen that when women's games get put on national TV, when people get, are given the opportunity, they come and yeah. they watch, Ramona. Well, also, you can't tell because she's sitting. But how do you, I mean, you're 6'8". Yes. This isn't just first class so you can have a nice beverage. <laughs> This is first class, oh. so you could fit in the seat. So I can, so I can fit, and I'm usually knocked out as well. I'm usually sleeping <laughs> on the plane. I can't sleep on I'm not planes. eating the I'm so food. Jealous. I'm sorry, I just got sidetracked. A, a fine <laughs> young lady just walked in. Hello, Sinead. <laughs> the real MVP of ESPN. The real MVP of ESPN. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. Teammate. Welcome to LA. <laughs> My sister for life. Before we let you go, we have time for one more. Ramona, I'm going to let you take it. All right. So we know Liz Cambage, the basketball player. 
How is DJ Liz different? Is this like a Sasha Fierce thing? <laughs> Look, it's just, I'm just me. I, everything I do, I'm, I always just do it as me. Um, I'm lucky, I, I'm a creative first. You know, I was a singer, a dancer as a child, arts and crafts, and then basketball just took over everything once I fell in love with the ball. So it's, it, it's really important for me to have my little creative outlets and it, it you know, keeps me happy and smiling on the court when I'm, when I'm putting my focus into other things off the court, like, like DJing or modeling as well. Well, next time you come on NBA Today, we're gonna have to have a little DJ booth set up and maybe a little bit, she said singing, too. I think we might need to get a little blast of that next time. Liz Cambage, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. Welcome thank to Los Angeles. Still ahead, hear from Steve Nash on how some potential changes in New York could have an impact on the potential for the Nets in Brooklyn. Stay tuned for that and more ahead on NBA Today. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Here's our next NBA Saturday primetime matchup. KD might be back for this one, but we know Kyrie should be playing. They head to Milwaukee to take on Giannis and the Bucks. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews here with Matt Barnes and Ramona Shelburne. All right, teammates, so the clouds... They look to be lifting a little bit in Brooklyn because today New York City Mayor Eric Adams said that over the next few days, the city will be rolling out some, quote, things in regards to the city's COVID mandates. And Steve Nash was asked by our Nick Friedle if Kyrie can feel his home game availability coming closer. Take a listen. Yeah, I think he's working towards being able to play in every game. Uh, so if the mandate is lifted, the expectation would be that he can play in all our games. I think that's what he's been waiting for and what he's excited about. And uh, if the opportunity arises, you know, the, the plan and the goal is for him to play every night. All right. Yesterday, it was Nets general manager Sean Marks who talked to a group of season ticket holders providing details on the availability of both Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, saying, quote, depending when they go, we've got to see how they respond to days like Tuesday, and then we'll go forward with this. It's probably going to be tough to see them playing in the next three, four days, but he said we'll see how it all plays out, and he said that he's certainly not going to bet against either of those guys and when they return. All right, Ramona, so I want to start with you here. What do you make of Sean Mark's statement. Um, I think he's saying Kevin Durant might be back sooner than Ben Simmons here. Ben Simmons needs to really ramp up conditioning-wise. And also, he's got an adjustment period to make. He's still working with his, his mental health therapist. There's a there there's some ramp up that needs to happen here, but he's getting closer as well. Kevin Durant, as Sean was saying, I'm not gonna rule him out. And so that that to me was a very encouraging sign uh, in terms of his recovery from that knee injury. Absolutely. But Matt, I do want to go back to what we heard uh, Steve Nash say and what Eric Adams' comments were about potentially we see some things changing here. What do you make of all of that? Uh, I think Eric Adams is going to do the right thing and, and, and pull back some of these mandates, allowing Kyrie to be a full-time player again. I think ever since Adam Silver kind of said it's kind of odd where we can have opposing unvaccinated players come into our arena or, or, or this city of New York and play, but you can't have people who live here play um, obviously that that caught attention now you know that the mayor is speaking on that today so I expect to see Kyrie back sooner than later as far as a full-time player goes right and it's a little bit tricky right because we just saw the city mm -hmm. have dozens excuse me hundreds of city workers that were yeah, laid off because they did not get the COVID-19 mm. vaccine mm. and now we are hearing Eric Adams saying we're going to follow the science but one of the things that they're saying is we're not going to do anything that's going to risk the city having to shut down but perk the nets are currently at the 
eighth seed. They're three and a half games ahead of the number 11 Wizards. So how long do you think it's going to take KD, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie to mesh on the court, especially if they have these extra games because Kyrie can play at home? Well, you know, I don't think it's going to take long, Malika, but my concern is Ben Simmons, mm. all right? And we haven't saw Ben Simmons play since last year, and we saw what that looked like. He hasn't played all season long, and, and he's a guy that relies solely on, on his confidence, right? He's a guy that, that, is, that, that we've seen at his lowest point last year. We don't know where he's going to be. Far as KD and Kyrie, Look, if it's Kyrie leading the charge, then I have a problem. But if KD comes back healthy, when KD being, arguably being the best player on the floor, it's definitely not a problem. They definitely are going to be a team that could figure things out. I love the addition of Andre Drummond. Mm. They needed a center, an anchor down there that could somewhat protect the basket and anchor the defense and also be a live threat at the basket. But they added another shooter alongside Patty Mills and Seth Curry. So it's not Kyrie that I'm worried about. His game is going to be there. Kevin Durant, we know what he's capable of doing. I just need to see Ben Simmons. And with 30, what, under 30 games left? Got about six I don't weeks know what left ben of the regular season. We're gonna get. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. I don't think this is going to be as hard as we normally try to put three stars together. One, because Ben is happy and he's a pass first player. He mm -hmm. wants to pass first, second, and third. And Ky nor Ky Kyrie or KD has never played with a pass first point guard. They play with great players, but they were never pass first guys. So, again, the, I think Ben's ability to play both sides of the ball, being a pass first guy, and the depth this team has is the reason why I'm still very Well, high and I said it on yesterday's show, Matt, these guys, KD and Kyrie, they have experience in trying to build quick chemistry. It didn't yeah. work out in the playoffs the way they wanted it to with James Harden, but they know what that experience is like. All right, coming up on NBA Today with the All-Star break coming to a close, it's time for some bold predictions for the second half. Ramona, Matt Barnes, and Perk called their shots for the final stretch of the season just ahead on NBA Today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today. People assume they can't afford great insurance, but State Farm has surprisingly great rates that fit any budget. Yeah, just like people assume that we have this huge research staff that's feeding us stats. You don't? JJ. Ah! You okay? I'm great. Hi, how are you? It looks like you haven't slept in a week. I think I've got it. The, the, the pick and roll? It's the Pythagorean theorem in reverse. <laughs> You're a genius. I know. Tune into the NBA on ESPN presented by State Farm. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, teammates, the NBA is back in action tonight, so you know what time it is. It is time to go coast-to-coast on a Thursday. All right, first up, Steph and the Warriors. They head to Portland to take on the Blazers, and Steph is averaging 28 points a game against the Blazers in his career, the most he averages against any team. Chinay, what do you expect to see from Steph tonight? I I expect to see more of that all-star game energy, that MVP energy, most valuable player of that, you know, game energy. I love that Steph Curry finally got back to his bag on the biggest stage possible after all the booze. That's how you respond, Steph, and I think the Warriors are going to feel better and look better moving forward. All right, next up, the dark side. The Grizzlies take on the Timberwolves tonight in a game which will feature two dynamic young guards, John Morant slash fresh off his dazzling all-star game performance, and Anthony Edwards, who's just been a walking bucket this season. Perk, are these the two most explosive players in the NBA right now? Absolutely, and it's it's not even a debate. When you talk about must-see TV, it's John Morant and Anthony Edwards. Both of them generational talent. Both of them got those VC hops. Absolutely. I'm going to be tuned in and locked in on this game tonight. There you go. Moving on to Chicago where the Hawks take on the Bulls and the lone mid-ranger DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan has been putting in work this season, scoring 35 or more in seven straight games. So, is he going to make it eight straight tonight, Chanae? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is a guy that we talk about players that have inserted themselves into the MVP conversation. That's DeMar DeRozan. And you saw what Lucas said. Do you ever miss a mid-range shot? He said Answer, once or nah. twice. He said nah. once or once twice. twice. All right, now over to the Celtics and Nets, where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have Boston in the sixth spot in the East. But the Nets, uh, that's a little bit of a different story. Brooklyn has lost 12 of their last 14 games. Ooh. They're without KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons all tonight. So, Perk, does Brooklyn need to win this game to avoid the play-in tournament? They, every game matters to them. They cannot afford to go in the play-in tournament. When you look at those teams that are in there, the Hawks, the Hornets, uh, you have Toronto that's down there. Like, anything could happen in the play-in tournament. So, from this point on, on like, every game is meaningful for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. They, they got to win this. I don't think they will. But they need to. <laughs> I don't think they will, but but we'll, we'll see. All right, Vince Carter, uh, bottle. What you said got? something about bottle service for, bottle for Big Perk. Bottle service is on the way for Big Perk. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Look at his eyes. Look at his eyes. Wait, what crossed your mind, Big Perk? Your eyes got so big. Those magnifying glasses got. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, because I'm sitting up here saying to myself, I'm like, hold on, we going into break, and then all of a sudden the camera come back on, got me taking a sip of a like coke, that? knowing I ain't supposed to be sipping that today. Oh, man. <laughs> Director Kathy, oh. what did you do? You <laughs> Richard's not here. He would say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, Perk. Hey. And that's actually it's petty, but I well, stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Yeah, it's, the yeah. same, it's the same thing. But mm-hmm. we stay petty so we don't got to get petty and we do things like that. All right, coming up, mm-hmm. CJ McCollum. <laughs> he had some comments this afternoon on Zion Williamson. Find out what he said next back in 60 seconds. Welcome back to NBA Today. So Zion Williamson still recovering from a foot injury he sustained over the summer. Zion has faced multiple setbacks in his rehab. And at All-Star Weekend, Zion's new Pelicans teammate CJ McCollum said that he didn't immediately hear from Zion after he was traded from the Blazers. Although, CJ told me that eventually he did. So earlier today, CJ had this to say about Zion Williamson. Take a listen. 
Leave the young fella alone, man. He's yeah. trying to rehab in peace, trying to get himself ready to come back. And um, we spoke, and I'll speak to him later this week or in the weeks basically. I'll speak to him next week and just catch up with him. But uh, he's, he's a very talented player. He's going through a lot. You guys are putting him on the spot, you know, on a daily. And I think he's just trying to recover on his own time and, and really focus on his rehab. Vince, how much pressure is on Zion to return here? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's pressure, but as a star player, you have to learn the ins and outs of it on the court and off the court. And, when, you know, he'll learn when you have a new player because they're come, sometimes guys are coming to free agents to play with you. You have to just know, hey, just reach out. I know you have a lot going on, but your voice and your presence to that team, like Perk said, why aren't he you there, the, means a he, lot and he, it matters. He was the number one pick. He had the well, most pressure and hype since LeBron James. Let's stop making excuses Big Perk, for you. This is something that we're going to continue to talk about tomorrow. Thanks so much.